Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native... Join my VIP program. Commit to my VIP program. Do it now. Do it today to speak English fluently, to speak English powerfully, to speak English effortlessly. You've got to commit. Don't quit. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com and join, start, and stay with my VIP program. Commit. Don't quit. Okay, I have a sleeping baby. I am holding a sleeping baby right now. So we cross our fingers and hope this little baby will stay asleep. Or else I have to end this show very fast. So because I have a sleeping baby and she might wake up anytime, I'm just going to jump in and start our topic right now. So hi to everybody. I'm not going to read the comments now because we have to get started because little babies sometimes wake up very fast. All right, let's begin. This is our third and final lesson, vocabulary lesson, for the interview with Achayurji. And I'm going to play another section. We'll learn a little vocab maybe and practice some of that vocab and then I'll do comments and questions. Let's begin. Okay, now here's an interesting, um, someone's got a concern about, uh, Mauricio Jose has a concern about meditation. That in meditation, you're in jeopardy of being influenced by spiritual beings, and you don't know um, if they're good or bad, and therefore uh, it could be dangerous. I've I've never Mm. thought about that before. That is actually a very legitimate question. It's very interesting. And a lot of people have have raised this concern about meditation. Um, And let me just say that for the most part is a myth, you know, and this is the reason why is because meditation is two things. Um, It is an emptying of ourselves of that which is false. But then secondly, it's also communing with God. And you're doing both at the same time. So a lot of people will make the mistake of thinking that, oh, when we do meditation, what we're trying to do is to achieve kind of a nothingness of mind, just becoming blank within, just becoming kind of a blank slate. Mm. And then they have this idea that, oh, if you're just an, an open vessel, then anything can come in. All right. Let's uh, back up now. And I'll explain. But this warrior and God have a... Okay, here we go. So it starts with the question. Sanskrit. (laughs) Here we go again. So what I'll do is I'll play a little bit, maybe one sentence, maybe two sentences. I'll pause. I'll explain any vocabulary that might be difficult. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, here's an interesting... um, Someone's got a concern about... uh, Mauricio Jose has a concern about meditation. That in meditation, you're in jeopardy of being influenced by spiritual beings. Okay, so first, so it's a question now. This is a question that somebody wrote and said that this guy is worried that in meditation, when you meditate, that you might be in jeopardy 
in jeopardy of being influenced by spiritual beings. I guess he means bad spiritual beings. Okay. In jeopardy is the little phrase we're going to learn. In jeopardy means in danger. Jeopardy basically means danger. Uh, it, it's, they're very close in meaning. So, so this guy, he's worried that if you meditate, it, you'll be in danger, in some kind of spiritual danger, like some devil or demon or, I don't know, something like that might, uh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, control your mind, you know, influence your mind. In jeopardy, in danger, in jeopardy. So he, does he think it's, to this guy, Jose is the guy who wrote it. Does he think that meditation is safe or does he think you might be in jeopardy if you do it? Well, he thinks you might be in jeopardy. Here, I'll change the camera here. He thinks you might be in jeopardy, right? So who thinks or who thought that you might be in jeopardy during meditation? Well, this guy, Jose, Jose thought you might be in jeopardy, in danger. He thought you might be in jeopardy during meditation. Now, Acharya did he agree that you might be in jeopardy when you meditate? He did not agree. He did not. He did not agree you might be in jeopardy. He says, no, no, you will not be in jeopardy. You will not be in any danger. There's no danger, no jeopardy um, from meditation. And then later he explains why there's no jeopardy why you will not be in jeopardy. All right, let's continue. And you don't know um, if they're good or bad, and therefore uh, it could be dangerous. I've never have thought about that before. That is actually a very legitimate question. Okay, he says that is actually a very legitimate question. Let's do another word. Legitimate. That is actually a very legitimate question. Legitimate means, um, you know, good and correct, appropriate. Okay, these are all, it's kind of these ideas all together, right? Legitimate. So it means it's not foolish. It's not a foolish question. It's not a wrong question. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually a good and reasonable question. Reasonable, intelligent, appropriate. Okay, and the word he used is legitimate legitimate oh i said i was going to write it down i can't i'm sorry i got sleeping baby i'm sorry it's better to learn by the ear anyway so just learn by ear uh maybe when i put this on youtube i'll write i'll type in the description i'll type the words we learned so you can see the spellings but uh better anyway just learn with your ears right now okay so legitimate legitimate means uh good uh, appropriate reasonable so was the Question, legitimate or stupid? Legitimate. It was a legitimate question. A useful, reasonable question. It was a legitimate question. What kind of question was it? Legitimate. It was a legitimate question. Who asked a legitimate question? Well, that guy, Jose. Jose asked a legitimate question. Was it legitimate or was it nonsense? It was legitimate. It was a legitimate question. And what was he worried about, Jose? 
being in jeopardy, right? He was worried about being in jeopardy during meditation. He was worried about being in jeopardy from evil spirits, I guess, um, during meditation. So he was really worried about being in jeopardy spiritually. And his question was, you know, is this true? And Acharya Ji said, uh, well, that's a legitimate question, right? It's a reasonable, good question. Legitimate. All right, let's move on to the next part. It's very interesting. And a lot of people have, have raised this concern about meditation. Um, and let me just say that, for the most part, is a myth. Okay. You might know this word already, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Myth. Myth. M-Y-T-H. Myth. Myth. He says... Uh, he has, I'd never heard this question before. I, I kind of, I, actually, I thought it was not a legitimate question because I'd never even, I don't know, it seems kind of ridiculous to me, uh, this idea, but um, because I understand what meditation is. Maybe some people really don't understand what it is, so they, they're afraid. But uh, he, he, he said he heard this uh, question before, and, um, but that this worry, this fear is a myth. It's a myth. Now, this word myth has a few different levels of meaning, okay, because it comes from the word mythology, mythology, right? The study, it's really kind of the study of, uh, you know, at one level, it's the study of old religions um, and story, religious kind of stories. But also we use this idea for a, in, in like kind of in the modern world, we say that's a myth, or you maybe heard of the TV show. You can go look on YouTube. There's a show called Mythbusters. There used to be Mythbusters. So myth is is a is a when we use it that way. When we use it commonly now, we mean uh, something. It's a it's a wrong belief. It's a wrong belief. It's a story or an idea that uh, a lot of people believe, but it is actually false. It's actually wrong. A myth. Say, oh, that's a myth, right? That's a myth. So he's saying it's a myth, right? This is a myth. It's a myth that evil spirits will attack you when, during your meditation, right? It's uh, maybe there are some people who believe that, but it's a wrong belief. It's it's incorrect, right? It's a myth. The show Mythbusters on uh, used to be on. Uh, I can't remember Discovery, maybe or Science Channel, something like that. It was these guys, and this was their job. They would test different myths, right? So they would test uh, some like common belief about something, and then they would test it to see was it really true or not. Sometimes they got things from movies and other from stories, and they would test it. So MythBusters means they would break the myths. They would show the truth. Myth. So a myth is a is a wrong belief. It's a it's a belief that is in fact false. So he's saying that this idea is a myth. The idea, the fear of evil spirits, the worry, the idea of evil spirits attacking you during meditation is a myth. It's a wrong belief. It's not true. So is it a myth or is it true? It's a myth, right? What's a myth? This that belief, the belief you'll be attacked by evil <laughs> if you meditate is in fact a myth it's a myth so who said it's a myth a chirurgy right he said it's a myth right 
it's a legitimate question, meaning it's a reasonable question, but it's not a legitimate belief. It's not a reasonable and true belief. In fact, it's a myth. All right, let's move forward. You know, and this is the reason why, is because meditation is two things. Um, it is an emptying of ourselves of that which is false. Okay, I'm just going to repeat that. I think all the vocab is easy, but just let me repeat what he said. He said, meditation is two things. There's kind of two things happening during meditation, he's saying. And the first thing you are emptying, meaning you're letting go, you're removing false, falsehood. You're removing what is false from, from your mind. Okay, so all that is false, that is wrong, that is not true, you're removing that. That's one process that's happening during meditation. Okay, and then the second one. Oops, let me switch the camera. All right. But then, secondly, it's also communing with God. Ah. There's our word communing again. I think we had this one already. But let's review it. The second thing that happens during meditation is you commune with God. You are communing with God, with the highest spirit, with the divine. To commune with. Do you remember the meaning of that word? Because we learned it, I think, two days ago. To commune with well, I'll remind you. <laughs> to commune with, to commune with means to communicate with. Very closely, though, intimately, we say, meaning like, uh, like communing with someone you have a very close relationship with. You commune with them. It's much more than normal communication. It's a very close and personal and open and trusting and honest communication. That's to commune with. And as I think I said before, sometimes you'll hear the phrase to commune with nature. And this means you go into nature and you're, it's like you're communicating with or connecting with is maybe a better way to say it, to connect, to connect with at a deep level, like at a, at a deep emotional and psychological and spiritual level, this deep connection it might, it might be a kind of talking communication, but like with meditation or in the common phrase, commune with nature, we're not talking about talking, right? It's not, it's not talking. It's more of a intuition. It's a deep connection to commune with, to commune with. So you can commune with nature. You go into the forest and just sit quietly and appreciate the beauty. You are communing with nature. And he's saying that in meditation, especially deeper meditation, maybe not the first time you do it, okay, but uh, certainly in the deeper levels of meditation, you are communing with God. You are connecting with God or the divine, the Tao, whatever name you want to use, okay? You're communing with it or with Him. To commune, to commune with, to, it's a deep connection with Okay. And you're doing both at the same time. So a lot of people will make the mistake of thinking that, oh, when we do meditation, what we're trying to do is to achieve kind of a nothingness of mind, just becoming blank within, just becoming kind of a blank slate. Aha. Okay, good. So he's saying some people have a mistaken idea that uh, in meditation you're becoming, you know, nothingness, a blank 
mind, a blank state. That you become a blank slate. Now, this is a common idiom, blank slate. It just means uh, empty with... uh, no, no programming, no no ideas. No. Well, sometimes people will say uh, children are a blank slate, or they will say babies are a blank slate. Babies are a blank slate. What do they mean? They mean well, the babies—they're new, right? They're fresh, new people, and they don't have any uh, uh, programming yet. They don't—they don't even know language yet. They don't have any beliefs or ideas yet. They're a blank slate. It means they're totally fresh. Uh, now, that's not totally true because they do have their own little personalities right from the beginning, but uh, you get the idea, right? Blank slate. So he's saying that some people have this idea about meditation. It's about being a blank slate, nothingness at all. I imagine that comes from the Buddhist uh, idea of no mind, which is, I think, is specifically Zen, really no mind but what people miss is much of Buddhist teaching is uh, actually what Acharya calls a via negativa a negative way a negative path not negative like emotionally like like bad but negative like um, subtracting it's it's kind of what the Tao Te Ching talks about the Tao Te Ching says you know to grow wise to grow wise to really grow be a wise person right really understanding and deeply wise. Every day you must unlearn something, right? To be smart, intelligent, you learn something every day. But to be wise, you subtract, you unlearn every day. And much of Buddhism, I believe, uh, is about unlearning, unlearning programming, unlearning the matrix, right? Subtracting out the matrix, removing the matrix, removing the false, the, what he said, the first part, remove the false, remove the false. And then people think, well, after you remove all the false, what's left? It's just emptiness. And even some Buddhists do use that word emptiness, but um, what, what Acharya is saying is that, in fact, what you remove is you're empty of ego, your own ego, your own selfish ego. And what remains is communing with God blank slate and I think that gives us enough little uh, enough phrases today right that's enough to st- those are good ones now today what I did is I'll just explain I, I've this was just a little small sort of example of what's it's a it's a technique from uh, TPRS um a teaching technique it's called circling where I just ask a lots of easy simple questions about using the vocabulary word, using the sentence that we're learning from a story, for example, or in this case, from the interview. And the purpose is to help you hear it again and again and again, lots of repetition. And uh, that helps your brain connect to the meaning. And you're not just repeating the word. This is the difference. When you study a vocabulary list, it's just the individual word. There's really no situation nothing there's no story there's no conversation and so of course it's easy to forget then harder to remember but when you learn the word in in this case a real conversation with someone about a real topic a a quite deep and interesting topic automatically you're going to remember it a little better and then by asking these questions all these different ways I'm helping you make your memory a little stronger and your understanding a little deeper Right, so I could again say blank slate. Um, are babies a blank slate? Yes, many ba- babies are a blank slate. Some people think babies are a blank slate, meaning 
empty of ideas, completely empty of ideas. Is meditation becoming? Does it mean you become a blank slate, totally empty? No, Acharya says that's not what you're, what's happening. It's not that you become empty. You don't become a blank slate during meditation. You don't become a blank slate. Uh, he might say you become your true self or you connect with your true self, which is soul or spirit. And then at the deepest levels, even more, that you commune with God. So not a blank slate, right? And so does this mean you are in jeopardy during meditation? During real meditation, are you in jeopardy? No, you're not in jeopardy, right? You're not in danger in any way. Quite the opposite. You're totally safe. All right. So I think you hopefully have the vocab. I'll just discuss the ideas very quickly. The general idea here that he's talking about. I have a few thoughts and then we'll go to questions and comments. If this baby stays asleep. Okay. Um, two things. Um, in Buddhism, there's something uh, called the Noble Eightfold Path. It's, just, it's like a path to enlightenment that the Buddha taught. To waking up. It's like the path to the red pill, okay? And uh, two parts of the path are right concentration and right mindfulness. And you see this in, in all of the eight parts. They all begin with that word right in English, the English translation, right, 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 right. Why? Why did he just not say concentration and mindfulness? Because there's a right way to concentrate for this purpose and a wrong way. You know, much of Buddhism is very focused on meditation, as is Sanatana Dharma. Um, and so Buddha was, the Buddha was teaching that there's a right way and then there's a wrong way, right? What's the opposite of right? Wrong. And what does he mean when he's saying right? Well, it mean, the right way to meditate will lead you to be more peaceful, more happy, a better, good person, to commune with God. Buddha wouldn't have said that, but to commune with God, to, um, to find truth. When you meditate in the right way, it leads there. Wrong meditation, wrong mindfulness, wrong concentration, it means you're focusing on something that is harmful or bad. And then, of course, that would lead somewhere bad. So the question then becomes, like, in meditation, what is right and what is wrong? How do you know? Well, I think we have a, a basic idea from what Acharya was saying is when you focus on something, when you're meditating, when you're, you're concentrating on something when you meditate, usually, and if you concentrate on something that is good and true, then you are safe and you're going to get good and true results. If you focus on something that is evil and bad and false, then yes, you will be doing bad things to yourself and harming yourself and maybe becoming a worse person and I don't know, who knows. So, for example, so in, in meditation, there, you're usually concentrating on something. The most basic form of meditation I know uh, is taught in Buddhism. It's, it's part of a sutra called the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. That's in English, obviously. But it's just focusing on breathing. Well, this is obviously just focus on the breathing. Many people teach, you know, focus on the breathing at, at, at your nose, when it's coming in and out of your nose. But it, so we'll just, but it doesn't matter. We'll just say breathing, focus on breathing. So why is that right meditation? Why is that right 
concentration, right mindfulness. What's right about it? Why is it right? Why is it good? Well, because it's real and it's true, right? You're breathing all the time. I mean, how? there's no way that can hurt you, okay? There's no way you will be in jeopardy by focusing on your breathing. That's just a crazy idea. That's a crazy, crazy fear. How could, you're breathing all the time. Even if you don't meditate, you're still breathing. You're breathing right now. As long as you're alive, you're breathing. Okay? So there's no harm can come, no jeopardy, by simply focusing on your breathing. Noticing it. You're just noticing it. You're focusing and concentrating on breathing. This is a real thing that's happening, right? Right there in your body at all times while you're alive. Because you're focusing on something that is real and true, right? It's true. It's not false. There's nothing false about your breathing. You really are breathing. Because you're focusing on something real and true, no harm will come. What will happen is your mind will become very calm and quiet. Your emotions will eventually become calm and quiet. And, you know, at the, at the, at the, at the most basic level, you feel more peaceful. Now, you might notice that your mind will, for a while, gets kind of very active and you start thinking about all this stuff. These are distractions. This is, again, this is a good thing. You're learning something about yourself. When you try to meditate on your breath, you will learn that your mind is very, very distracted. You will, it's always distracted, okay? Meditation is not causing the distraction, Okay, it's not by sitting and focusing on your breathing, this does not cause your mind to go crazy and be distracted. No, your mind is always distracted. It's just you're finally noticing it. By focusing on your breathing, you're calming your mind enough to, to really notice. And you notice how distracted you are. You notice how the, these, I, these thoughts are constantly popping in your head and disappearing. It's always there, just like your breathing is always there. But now you're finally noticing. So you learn about your own mind. It's a form of, you know, it's better than psychotherapy. Okay, It's better than seeing a psychologist or a counselor for many things. So you can see, how could this cause you any harm? Breathing, focusing on breathing. It can't. It can't cause you any harm at all. Okay, so that's right. So that's an example of right meditation. If you focused on your devotion to God, let's say you're a very uh, religious person, you believe in God and your devotion, if you're a Christian, your devotion to Jesus, and you just, uh, you meditated and you have a, a picture of Jesus in front of you and you just think of Jesus. You could even s just repeat his name again and again with your eyes closed meditating. Now, this is, again, right meditation. It's, it's, it's you're focusing on something good and pure and true. How can that hurt you? How could a Christian ever believe that meditating upon Jesus could hurt them? Of course, totally the opposite, right? There's no way that can hurt you. So that's, again, right meditation. It's another thing you could focus on. What is wrong meditation? What are some examples? Um, you know, you could focus on uh, basically evil thoughts hurting people for example let's say you're, you hate your boss so you meditate and then while you're meditating you're focused on your boss and you're imagining bad things happening to him and you're just thinking with all your power and emotion hoping for bad things to happen imagining in your mind terrible things happening to him 
this is kind of uh, like kind of almost like black magic you know this is the idea of voodoo and black magic that by thinking these evil thoughts and uh, about someone that you can harm them or hurt them in some way now that's you know that's not really meditation I would not call that meditation that's not meditation but some people maybe they think that is that would be wrong meditation obviously so yes obviously if you're doing trying to do some kind of weird black magic and thinking about evil things yeah that's terrible but that's not that's not right meditation Okay, that is something very different. It's some kind of form of voodoo, black magic, um, Aleister Crowley type stuff that, of course, would be horrible. So, right meditation is nothing to fear. Okay, focusing on your breathing can't hurt you. Focusing on your body can't hurt you. That's another thing you can focus on when you meditate. It's called... uh, uh, well, one in one air, one teacher calls it vipassana, uh, and it's where you you sit and you close your eyes and then you focus on the body's sensations. It means the feelings in your body, the kind of the vibrations. Like you notice, oh, my knee is I have pain in my knee, and you notice, oh yeah, my shoulders are very tight, um, or you know maybe you notice a really nice, warm, comfortable feeling in your chest. That's all. You just notice. You don't try to change it. You don't try to make it stronger or weaker. If you have pain, you don't try to push it away. And you don't try to make it bigger. You're just noticing. You're just observing and noticing. Ideally, ideally, with really with a calm, totally calm mind. The same thing if you notice some uh, feeling in your body that feels good. You don't focus on it too much. You don't try to make it bigger. You don't try to push it away. You just notice it and observe it. And you often observe that it will come and it will go. It will come and it will go and disappear. And that's all you're doing. So again, you have these already. This is already happening in your body. You already have these feelings in your body. So you're not creating it in your mind. It's already there. You're simply noticing something that is already there that is real. Again, this will. there's no way this can hurt you in any way. No jeopardy from that. Okay, so it's a legitimate, uh, it is a legitimate worry if you think of this black magic type stuff, okay? But for right meditation, you know, the, me- the meditation practiced in um, kind of most of the major good religions, not voodoo or something, um, it's totally fine, okay? There's nothing to fear from that. Okay then, that's it. Those are my thoughts. Baby's still sleeping. We can now go to comments and questions. I'll back up here. Okay, just moving. Let me just reading. Uh, Lots of people saying hello. Yes, yes, yes. Lots of people saying hi. Yes, hi to everybody. Okay, some of you were writing down the words as I said them. Uh, Vladislav has the correct spelling of myth. M-Y-T-H. Myth. Correct. Thank you for doing this, guys. I appreciate it. I, my apologies. My apologies for uh, forgetting to write the, uh, the words today. Oh, here's a nice success story from Cachorro Angel. On, I don't know. It's, it's pro. I'm guessing it's uh, Portuguese. I can't pronounce her name. Angel, it would be Angel. Is it Angel in Spanish? Anyway, 
Hey, Jay, it's been a long time, Master. I learned English thanks to you. Now I have a wonderful job as a supervisor in a big company. Thanks a lot for the support all the time. Uh, and I am one of your best. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Kachoro, congratulations to you. Of course, you did the work. I'm happy to be helpful to you. Uh, but, you know, congratulations to you for putting in the hours and the time and listening and, you know, getting this great result. So good for you. Fantastic. I'm happy to hear your success. I'm always happy to hear success stories when you guys share them. Yeah, now, so let's let's talk a little more about the meaning of myth. Cause it, uh, so Jose Mar says, myth is a kind of idea or belief. Yes, that is one of the, probably that's the first and most basic meaning of the word. That is correct. Myth and mythology. But, a more recent kind of common meaning that we use is a idea or belief that's not true. The not true part is 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 kind of when we use it in a, like everyday conversation. Uh, it has an idea of a story or a belief that's not true. So those are really two. Two things. If you're talking about mythology, like Greek mythology, well, then you're just talking about the stories, the beliefs of the ancient Greeks. There's no idea of true or false. It's just, it's just the basic. This, these are the legends, the stories of the Greeks, the mythology, the myths. But if you're talking about, um, if you say it's a myth that you will be in jeopardy during meditation, well, now what the me—it's the idea. It's this is a belief, but it's false. So it just depends on how you're using it. Depends on the situation. Yeah, Cardo, right? Same idea. Prayer is communing with God, Allah. You could just meditate if you were Muslim, or you know, I don't know. I, I want to learn more about Sufis because uh, Sufism especially fascinates me. Um, but you could just meditate and just repeating the name of Allah again and again. How can that hurt you? There's no way that would hurt you. You know. You're just saying, God, 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 God. There's nothing bad in that. There's only good. <laughs> Aram says, My car is broken, so finally I have a chance to participate in the live show while I'm traveling by taxi. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, see, that's one good thing about your car being broken. Okay, here's a question about learning English from Tron. Uh, hi, I'm from Vietnam. Thank you very much for your method. It's a really great method I've, it's, that I've ever learned with. It's very effective. May I ask a question? Yes. How can I, may, how can I maintain my motivation in learning English? Ah. Ah, it's a, it's a common question. I think the, the, the deepest answer I can give you is you must make it enjoyable. You must love doing it. Then you don't really need motivation, do you? I'll give you an example. I love to exercise. I love it. Okay, I love, love, love it. I love to go out and go for, just to go, like, go for a long walk. 
go for a jog. I love doing, you know, pull-ups and push-ups. Just, just basic exercise. I enjoy it. it I, I, I enjoy it because I feel good. I notice the benefits. Okay, I notice the benefits. The better energy, the better emotional feelings. You know, the better strength. All these things. And so because I notice the benefits, because I actually enjoy doing it, I've learned to enjoy it being outdoors, moving my body, being active. Because of that, I don't really need much motivation to do it. Right? You don't need motivation to do something you enjoy, right? Do you need motivation? Let's imagine you like uh, you like cookies. Chocolate chip cookies. I like them. <laughs> so you love chocolate chip cookies. They taste so good. Do you need motivation to eat them? If I say, you know, there's a chocolate chip cookie, but I'm just not motivated to eat it. Of course not. It's totally ridiculous, right? You don't need any motivation. In fact, you need motivation to stop, <laughs> right? It's because you enjoy it so much. You, you need motivation. You need willpower to stop, to not eat it. So things you enjoy, that you really enjoy, there's really no need for motivation anymore, right? But see, on the other hand, like I'll use my poor mom as an example. She hates exercise. She only focuses on the pain of the exercise. Uh, she doesn't notice the benefits. She doesn't enjoy doing it at all, not even going for a walk. She hates it. Therefore, my mom must have a huge amount of motivation to do it, right? Just to go for a walk for 20 minutes, she has to like, uh, uh, and try to uh, uh, get really motivated and use all this willpower. And, uh, you know, eventually that fails and she doesn't do it. So this is why I'm saying is, for English. You've got to find a way of learning English that you enjoy. I mean, this is why I do this podcast, okay? This is why in the podcast, I don't talk constantly about the English language. I'm not always talking about, you know, parts of speech and grammar rules and all that boring crap. Um, because then it becomes something boring and painful, and then you don't want to do it. On the other hand, if I use English to talk about interesting topics, interesting ideas, motivational ideas, good ideas, deep ideas, philosophy, health, fitness, all these things, and fun stories, then it's enjoyable, it's relaxing, it's almost like entertainment for you. You don't need motivation to listen. You just enjoy it. Just do it. So that's what I'm saying to you, Tron. You must find content, find books, find audios that are just enjoyable and interesting to you in English and just stop worrying about motivation. You won't need it. You only need motivation to do stuff you hate. <laughs> Clebson says, Clebson Silva. Hi, AJ. I'm watching you from Brazil. I show your videos to a lot of people. Thank you. Um, you know, Effortless English is growing because of you, because you share my videos, you share my show, you tell people about the website, you know, about the lessons. So thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate that. Okay, Cardo wrote some of these for you correctly. Jeopardy. With Jeopardy spelling is a little uh, difficult, maybe. J-E-O-P-A-R-D-Y. It looks kind of like Geopardy. 
but it's pronounced Jeopardy. Communing with God and blank slate. Natalie says, hello from Tbilisi. Hello to you. Twins are doing fine. Um, oh, here's interesting. Momer says, can I say old age is a blank slate? We don't usually say that because old people, we usually, you know, just I'm just saying commonly, right? Um, we think the opposite. Old people are full of ideas and beliefs from all their years of living. That's the opposite of a blank slate. A baby is a blank slate. They really have no beliefs, no ideas yet. They don't even have language yet. So they are kind of like their minds are not really blank, right? But kind of, kind of that's the idea, like fresh. So we don't usually say that about old people. Lots of Brazilians today. Hi, AJ from Brazil. Love your job for English and for life. Thanks, appreciate it. Tim says, hi from Thailand, sweaty crop. Rosanna, hi from Brazil, thanks. Hmm. Uh, oh, that's a big question. Um, all right, I'll read it, but I don't know if I have an answer. Hi, Coach. How can we change anything in life by using the law of Dharma? And thanks for your inspiration. Mm, that's just so big in general. Um, hmm. I think you have to learn about Dharma first, right? You got to figure out what what is Dharma and get, get, get used to this idea. Then you'll start to think in that way. And then this will lead you to find, um, I don't know, new ways, new strategies, new solutions in your life. Uh, so you could read read the Tao Te Ching, read uh, Acharya's book, Sanatana Dharma, The Eternal Natural Way, or, or watch his videos, Dharma Nation. YouTube, Dharma Nation, watch his videos. Read the Tao Te Ching, Dharma Nation YouTube. Um, that's a good start. And meditate. Meditate, like he was saying. Meditate. So there's three things. Start with those three and then just kind of see what happens. Just let go, you know, of your, you know, and of your hard beliefs and just hmm, see what happens. Follow your intuition a little bit. Hi from Mongolia. Hello. Okay, here's a movie technique question from Belcourt. AJ, I wonder, is it cor a correct technique to learn scenes from movies or TV series? Yes, it is. I'm trying to memorize some scenes with pronunciation. Well, you're doing great. That is a fantastic way to improve your English. Um, my answer is a simple yes. You're doing the right thing. Learn a scene. Learn it deeply. Uh, focusing on the pronunciation is a great idea also. All that's fantastic. So, yes, it's all correct. It's all good. In fact, I believe, you know, really uh, TV and movies, um, they're really good because they are more conversational, typically, you know. Depends on the movie, but typically. The, um, so the, 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 the spoken English in those 
um, in movies and TVs, you know, modern, uh, about modern settings, you know, modern characters, they just tend to be a more of a natural, relaxed conversation. What you will actually hear in America or in England or wherever. Giuliano says meditation can be useful for knowing better ourselves. And indeed, that is a primary, a main thing is you learn about yourself. Right. Just with a little just at the one level I was talking about of sitting quietly, focusing on your breathing and noticing your thoughts as they come and go, come and go. You learn a lot about yourself. You notice what kind of thoughts are you thinking all the time that maybe they come and go too fast. Normally, you don't really realize everything that's happening in your mind. But when you slow down and focus on your breathing, you'll start to learn a lot about your own mind, your own psychology, or even your own body just by noticing. So absolutely, you will learn a lot about this helps with intuition. This helps with knowing yourself uh, better. Mohammed says, uh, Mohammed Ajalabi says, uh, Hi, Jay, I want to thank you. I improved a lot using your video show. Thank you. Glad to hear it. Okay, we want a shout out. This is called a shout out. I'm going to teach you uh, uh, slang today. <laughs> um, you'll see this in TV shows sometimes um, where they'll say, I want some celebrity. Well, let's say on Conan O'Brien, right? The talk show. So let's say some celebrity comes on to Conan and he sits down. He's starting to talk to Conan and he looks at the camera and he says, I want to give a shout out to my friend, Bill. Hey, Bill. I want to give a shout out. <laughs> okay. A shout out means a, you're publicly saying hello to somebody. Usually it's on like TV or like this, like on a video, right? And you say, hey, hi to you, right? You're, you're talking to this huge audience, but you say hello to one person. That's a shout out. It's kind of slang. Give a sh We always often say it with the verb give. Give a shout out. AJ, give a shout out. So here, Clebson Silva is asking me to give a shout out to somebody. So let's read it and you can learn more. What does a shout out mean? My name is Clebson. I'm right now I'm teaching my son, Kevin, his homework. Okay? I'm trying to show him that he's gotta speak the words and not just study them for homework reasons. AJ, could you please say some words for him to motivate him to keep on going? Thank you a lot. Good morning. See you. Okay, so you see, he's basically saying, AJ, give a shout out to my son Kevin. So Kevin, hello to you. Hi. Your dad's right. You know, um, it's easy to forget. You know, I know school can be boring. And English classes especially can be boring. And taking these tests and memorizing these words, boring, boring, boring. Just don't forget that the real reason to learn English, any language really, but the real reason to learn English is to communicate with people. It opens the whole world to you. Someday you can travel all around the world talking to people just using English. 
You can watch cool movies and TV shows and all this amazing stuff from all different places around the world in English. So you can make friends from all different countries, all different places with English. That's the real reasons, okay, that you're doing it. That's the real reason to learn English and what that's the fun part, the enjoyable part. So good luck with school, but just don't forget that. Don't forget the the deeper reason, the fun reason, the exciting reasons, the adventure. I've traveled around the world and uh, English has helped me so much because I'm an English speaker. I'm quite lucky. For me, it's easy. But uh, it, it's allowed me to travel to so many countries, see so many cool things, meet so many interesting people because of that. Yeah, so Slavika is confirming what Acharyaji said. Confirming, meaning agreeing with, showing uh, like a, uh, evidence. Slavika says, if you take meditation the right way, you will be feeling God in yourself, connecting with you. It's an incredible feeling of peace, happiness, and goodness. I agree. Mikhail says he's late as always. No worries. Oh, someone else from the, the easiest way to improve English. Thanks. From Tbilisi. Hi, Nat Natia. Okay, let's see. From Suradet. You are the answer. You are the key to make me keep learning English all the time. I kind I touch some depression with English. I always think of you and your show. Then I'm back. Then I get my way back. Thank you so much. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. I know, right? You can get a little bored, and that's why I tried to make this show uh, something different. There are hundreds, maybe thousands, of YouTube channels and uh, podcasts that just talk about you know the same boring stuff with the English language. Bleh. So I like to do something different. That stuff's boring for me, too, you know. <laughs> I don't like doing it either. Oh, someone... Okay, so see this... Look how international we are. Inaj Cordero... Uh, says, I'm from the Philippines, but I'm working in Kuwait. This is my first time to watch your video. Thank you so much, AJ. Well, hello to you. We have a very international, uh, effortless English family and lots of travelers, as you can see. You speak Sawati Krap very clear from Thailand. Thank you. <laughs> and little laughing faces. Chanok uh, Porn says, Complimenting my tie, my few phrases of tie. <laughs> ah, Vladislav, I'll give you that an update. This is a nice question, Vladislav. Thanks for asking. How is your grandmother going? I remember this year one of them will be a hundred years old. That's correct. I talked to my dad yesterday about they're make they're planning a birthday party for my grandmother. She will be one hundred years old next month. Not uh, it's May, 
July, <laughs> almost next month. So in about, let's see, uh, so really maybe close to two months from now, two more months, she will become 100 years old. She's 99 now. So she's doing very well. I mean, 99, she's still thinks clearly and, you know, a good, her mind is good. Uh, you know, she's kind of slow moving around, but she has to use a cane, you know, to walk. But she can still walk around and uh, it's amazing. I hope those genetics, I hope I have those genetics. <laughs> my other grandmother's also still alive. She's 94. So both my grandmothers are quite amazing. Yeah, okay, good. Thank you, McCall. I want to correct. I'm glad you mentioned this because uh, I want to talk about it. Uh, I have one point about priests because I'm Catholic and you have talked about them lately. I know a lot of priests. They are good people in my opinion, so I'm sad that few of them are known as rapers, etc. Yeah, now just, uh, so I, I should clarify what I was saying yesterday. When I was saying the word priest, priests and practitioners, I was not specifically talking about Catholics. Priests, okay. I, you know, Catholics actually use that word, you know. But I mentioned it, it. It can also mean like you know, imam or minister or really anyone with an official title. So not just specifically the Catholic Church. And I know that I mentioned, uh, I brought up the case, and because it's a sad and famous case about some of these uh, Catholic priests being terrible. But on the other hand, of course, many of them are very, very good, and hopefully they will get rid of the bad ones. Um, but it's all religions have this problem, you know. Uh, all those religions have this problem where these uh, bad people get into the organizations, right? And they do bad things and they teach bad things. Uh, you know, we all know this. You know, we know, you know, Islam people have this terrible um, view of Islam because uh, the suicide bombers and that kind of thing. Um, in my own life growing up, uh, Protestant Christians, I had some, you know, bad several bad uh, experiences with them being very aggressive and uh, uh, not very nice people not very good people really but saying that they were good you know saying we're Christians we're Christians but not acting very Christian um, and you know there are cases of Buddhist monks who are who drink alcohol and are, and, and are alcoholics and they're so it's all these different religions you know these uh, bad people can get into these groups and then uh, unfortunately with media and other things then we think oh look at this and, and so you, you're right you can't you can't think that it's everybody right and we have to be careful because the media what is the media always shows us the bad they don't go and interview some saintly priest who is doing the work of god with no ego when do we see that story never they're never going to show that Right? They're never going to show the, uh, I don't know, the Sufi saint who, again, is, just lives his life connected to God, peaceful, full of peace. This is not what the stories we get from the media or schools. So, yes, I'm thank you. I agree. You are right. And I'm glad we had a chance to clarify that. Oh, this is interesting. Raphael. Hey, Jay, I've been living in England for one and a half years. I'm a wine professional. That's an interesting job. My English is getting better as I start to forget about how I can improve better. Right? You just forget about it and just focus on 
using it. I've just been listening a lot and studying about what I'm passionate about, wine. See, this is a great example, right? So Raphael, thank you. Um, so Raphael is a wine expert. Obviously, he loves wine, interested in wine, right? all the details of wine. Um, so what does he do? He, in English, he finds probably books and podcasts and anything in English about wine, the subject he loves. Now, is that, does he need a lot of motivation for that? Much less motivation because he probably enjoys it. It's interesting to him, especially as his ability gets higher. He understands more and more. He can then find more and more audios and books and videos about wine. And he's just learning about his profession that he loves. So it becomes very enjoyable. He's not focused on, you know, the difference between the past perfect and the present perfect and blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. So great, great example. Good, 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 good. And you know, wine people are passionate. <laughs> I know that. I'm not one, but I know that a lot of wine people are very, very passionate about that. Ah, Zobede asking a question uh, that I can answer because I've done it. Atrayaji uh, says, you just find it uh, for meditation, you find a quiet place and sit in a respectful posture. But I know people who experienced um, a tough time during a 14 period of meditation, 14 day. 14, I don't know, 14 day. You know, the normal uh, Goenka Vipassana retreats are 10 days. So that's what I'll talk about because I've done one. They also said they hurt their bodies by sitting a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Vipassana? I think Vipassana is fantastic. Wonderful. Um, I think they're good. The Goenka organization is very nice. They don't charge money. They only ask a donation and you decide the donation, any amount, including nothing if you want. Uh, it's a very intense it is intense okay this is the problem i think some people you know they've never really meditated much and then they go to a vipassana retreat where you meditate 10 days i mean all day you get up at 4 a.m you meditate all day until you go to sleep it is intense so yes it is that's a lot to do sitting in that position you know yeah your oh your back starts to hurt oh my legs hurt oh okay it's nothing now so, yes, my back was sore, <laughs> you know. Um, on the other hand, let's not be wimps, okay? It's just a little soreness, you know. Hurt your body by sitting a lot. Come on. People are a little too weak. Uh, it's not that bad, okay? I've done much worse physically, <laughs> okay? Um, also, by the way, during my Vipassana retreat, I asked the teacher about it because they have a teacher there. So I went up to the teacher. I said, ah, oh, my pain. I have so much pain in my back because I'm trying to be still and not move at all. And so the teacher, he looks at me and says, well, you know, if, you know, you try to be still, but if you have pain in your back, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Just move a little bit. You're not supposed to torture yourself. Okay. The point is not to torture yourself with pain. Okay. Don't do that. So he kind of corrected me. He's basically said, you know, you're doing it wrong. AJ, just relax. If necessary, move your body a little bit. Change your position so your your back's not hurting you so much. So I think some people they do when they do the vipassana stuff, they they're kind of like they're in the military and I will not move. Mm. 
10 days, no moving. And they feel all this pain and they, oh no, I will not. And then it becomes a fight. And then your mind is, it's the exact opposite of meditation, what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do is your mind calms and relaxes. Equanimity is the word they use all the time. Especially in Vipassana, they use it all the time. Equanimity means a totally peaceful, calm mind. So if you're fighting pain and forcing yourself, and that's not equanimity. Okay, that's the exact. That's the opposite of equanimity. <laughs> so they're doing it wrong. So in terms of vipassana, yes, I recommend it. It's very nice, but I recommend you know try to do some meditation yourself at home for a while, six months or a year. Do do that first so you can start, you kind of understand what it's like. You get used to sitting in the position, you know, then you'll be a little more prepared for 10 intense days. You know, it's just like if running, okay, you know, if I, if you, you're, you never run before, right? Your legs are weak. You never run. You never even walk much. And then tomorrow you run a marathon, and then you, you, your knees are killing you and ah, oh, you're in pain and ah. Oh. And then at the end, then you tell everybody running is unhealthy. Running is bad for you. Running is really terrible. It just causes pain. It's really bad. Well, that's ridiculous. No, running does not cause pain. Running a marathon, if you're not ready, does, of course. Okay, so it's the same idea. You've never meditated. Your mind is just super distracted. Your body is not used to the position. And then you go and you do 10 intense days all day like a monk. It's too much for a lot of people. Not for everybody, but for some people it's too much. Okay, so just like a marathon, if you're intelligent, you train and prepare for a marathon, right? You start off with one mile a day and then up to two miles a day, then three miles a day, right? You, you, I mean, really, if you're new, you probably need six months to prepare for a marathon, at least. Then you run the marathon. It's a good experience. There still might be some pain. It still might be difficult, but it's not torture. You're not destroying your body right? You will, it will be a good experience for you. So it's the same idea with meditation, I would say. Yeah, just prepare for it, train for it. If you want to do something that intense, 10 days, 14 days, all day long, okay? Don't jump into it from nothing. Sharo says, how can you be so energetic I'm always surprised by that. Um, hmm. You know, I just, uh, I don't know. I walk a lot. <laughs> um, I, you know, I walk, I do, I do keep basic exercise. I get enough sleep. I, I would not say my diet's perfect, but I at least eat decently well, decently healthy. Um, you know, I live in Japan. My wife is Japanese and cooks Japanese. You know, all my dinners are always just Japanese food, which is, you know, kind of famous for being healthy. Um, yeah, those things. And I love doing what I'm doing. That helps too. <laughs> Lisa is meditating right now. <laughs> Oh, okay. Here's an. Uh, uh, this is a nice question. I'll mention it. 
Jabala says, AJ, I used to be a top fan. Now I'm not. Are you mad at me? No, that's just some program on Facebook that does that. I don't do that. You know, some of you on my Facebook, you'll notice you'll get a little little label. It says top fan right? When you, on your comments on my web page, sometime on my Facebook page. You'll see it says top fan. There's some little symbol. That's not me doing that. <laughs> okay. That's some Facebook uh, program doing that. Um, I don't know how, I don't know what the rules are for that. It's maybe it's because you comment a lot and if, and they, they, it will say top fan. If you don't comment a lot, maybe it takes it away. So I don't, I have no idea how it works. So don't, don't be upset about it. Okay. I, it's not me doing it. Okay, good. Here's a Rafikal giving a, is recommending home education, which I'm going to try to find. Some, oh, interviews. I got to give some updates. I forgot. Okay, Rafikal says, from the beginning of life, we tend to become good, honest, truthful, generous, courageous. But in the long run, we can become a cheater, a liar, dishonest, bad, greedy, because we do not follow the natural laws. We are distracted by the matrix especially violence, alcohol, drugs, greediness, pornography. That's why I feel home education is indispensable, nice word, to teach our children. Great, deep philosophical topics are being discussed, but in less, very less time. Indispensable means um, can't do without. Can't do without it means totally necessary. Well, you know, I agree. Homeschooling, homeschooling, teach your own children. Oh, this, at the topic, I'll, uh, of course, I've, I've done many shows about the topic. I'll do many more in the future. Uh, oh, I, I remember, I'm doing an interview. This, I'm, we're got, since you all love the Acharya Ji interview, I've decided to do more interviews. Our next interview is Friday. I'll do it live. Now, the time, the interview times, it's kind of different. I have to match the other person, you know, their schedule. So it's Japan time, as always, Japan time, um, Friday at 11 p.m. Friday, 11 p.m. Japan time, I will interview David the Good. It's his nickname, his writing name, about the topic, uh, topics of gardening, food forests, Composting, So all about growing plants, gardening and uh, like individuals, not like not f like big farms, but like you. How can you? He's an expert about gardening and growing plants and making your own growing your own food. So, so kind of a cool topic, interesting topic. Um, I'm interested in it. I don't do it right now, but I've read his books. That's why I asked him to for the interview and I've been reading a lot of books about this topic and also books about building my own house because my baby I have babies now so right now we live in a small apartment but I'm thinking in a few years when they get bigger I want we want to move to the country countryside and have like a little uh, have some land you know some trees and maybe do some gardening grow some of our food maybe build our own house I'm not sure about the house part we'll see I'm doing research about it so these topics are very interesting to me um, so anyway David the good will be 
uh, interviewed Friday at 11 p.m. on the topic of gardening and plants and growing, growing your own food. <laughs> Bearfur says you should be in politics. We need people like you, honest people. <laughs> yeah, I we do need honest people, but uh, I think to succeed in politics, politics you also have to be ruthless. Meaning, uh, um, willing to destroy your enemies. <laughs> uh, you know, very aggressive. And I just don't have that personality. I think no one can overcome your gran grandma, says Rafiko. Yep, that's right. People become very weak at age 50 nowadays. Yeah, some people do. Yeah, Mikal, just following up, says, uh, I knew a cat... AJ, thanks for your answer. I knew a Catholic priest who was a very dear friend. He died one year ago, unfortunately. I say that because he has taught me a lot about life since I was a teenager. Yeah, right. And, so, you know, as I mentioned yesterday, too, there are some, maybe many, um, who they might have the role of a priest, an imam, um, um, what do they call them? In, in, uh, I think they're called priests in Japan, Buddhist priests they have. Um, anyway, you get the idea. And But they're also practitioners too, right? They're practitioners, so they have that heart and of the spirit of the teaching. And they're really special people, that's for sure. Ah, yeah, Emmanuel says, AJ, uh, dear coach, I think it's very practical to improve our pronunciation by watching videos in English. I always watch interviews with Keanu Reeves. He's my favorite actor. What do you think? Yeah, Keanu's got a nice, um, I think kind of a California accent, which is pretty much a, just a standard accent, just a little bit of that California. California, it's not really the accent, it's kind of the phrases they use. So there's, there's a little accent there. Um, but it's very clear. Keanu's got a very clear pronunciation. So yes, Keanu Reeves would be fine. Alexi. Unfortunately, I've missed most of the show. It's okay. <laughs> but he's got a question. What do you think? Is it real to get rid of any devices nowadays? Especially if you're a student. I hate our modern education system because of teaching us in an unnatural way, forcing us to use computers, phones to graduate. This situation is getting worse. I, yeah, I don't know, you know, because when I was a student, the last time I was a student was in 1990 no no it was later than that um when did i graduate i can't remember <laughs> but anyway my second master's degree 2000 2000 something anyway at that time well i i did use some computer stuff but it wasn't much so i don't know now if they're requiring that but yeah i think it's i would love to get rid of that stuff like do you really need a cell phone? You don't need a cell phone to learn stuff. You know, even the the cell phone, like I said, it's the double-edged sword. Remember that idiom? These are very much a double-edged sword. 
there are some nice things about them. There are also some very, very uh, dangerous things. They will put you in jeopardy a little bit, you know, uh, because you become you can become a phone zombie like so many people just looking at this and you never see anything around you it makes you an easy victim for crime too by the way uh you can watch some like on youtube some crime videos and uh, a lot of the people that they attack the criminals people are just looking at their phone it's easy to attack them it's easy to steal from them because they have no idea what's happening around them you can the criminals just walk up to them and attack them or walk up and just steal and the people never have any idea about danger they're just staring at the phone uh. so there it's a double-edged sword um yeah i mean i think no problem to get rid of that stuff um i don't you know i guess for uh i know when you know when i was a student way back when uh, you know they had computer labs at the schools do they i don't know do they still do that where the school, you, you know, they had a big room full of computers and any student could use it. So, you know, for like for writing your papers, it's useful to have a computer. Typewriters are, you know, suck. <laughs> um, so you could write your papers on a computer, but you could do that at a, the school's computer lab and print it out. Um, research you can do at a library. They have computers at the library to search for books and things. So I would think you could do it. Seems like it. you could. AJ, you should come to Brazil to be a politician. <laughs> even worse, I don't even speak Portuguese. I don't think they would uh, vote for me. Papa says, hi, I'm a Tibetan. I'm always listening to your teaching. Papa Kelsung. Nice. I've never been to Tibet. I've met Tibetans, though. Wonderful, wonderful people that I've met in India. Um, well, N India and Nepal. Lots of Tibetans. <laughs> Rosanna. Con Rosanna says, uh, Rosanna Marquez... Congratulations on your twins. I have a twin sister and my mother had to meditate a lot. Ah, uh, yeah. We have good news. Our, our, the other baby. Right now, only one baby at home. This one. Um, the other baby's in the hospital, but probably, you know, probably next week, the baby boy is coming home. And then, like Rosanna's mom, we will be very, very busy with two babies at home. And yes, maybe I need to increase my meditation. <laughs> Therefore, in Miami. Ah, Miami. Nice. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Football team. Bhutan. Dorji. Now, you're the first Bhutan person, so I have to say, put you up here. Dorji Wangchuk says, Hi, I'm a new member. I'm from Bhutan. I love learning English effortlessly. Today is my time to join live. Thanks so much. Dorji, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm very interested in visiting Bhutan. It's such a unique, seems like such a unique uh, country. Uh, just from what I've read, it sounds amazing. I love that whole area of the world, quite honestly. Nepal, northern India, the Himalayas, basically. Or the Himalayas, as some of the Indians say. Beautiful area of the world. 
How are we doing on time? Ah, we're okay. AJ, you should run for you know president. <laughs> I think I'd have to start a little smaller than president. Um, I don't know. Senator? That's too big too, probably. Okay, let's see. I'm going to just move down our list here. Ah, nice suggestion from Sharo. I hope to I hope you'll interview Brendan Burchard. Yes, I know Brendan. Uh, well, not I'm not friends with him, but I I uh, have. I went to, it's been a while, it's been many years, but I, I went to several of his uh, seminars. I was in kind of his mastermind group for a year. Um, he's a very nice guy. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, maybe I'll, I like Brendan Burchard, so I could certainly try to contact him. He's, uh, I think... I don't know what he's been doing recently. You know, at the time when I was uh, learning at his seminars, he was focused more on like business and you know business topics. Really, I think he has after later he kind of focused more on what kind of motivation and psychology. I don't know what he's been doing lately, but I'll look into it. And I, I know he's a busy guy, but I'll see if I can interview him. He would be great. He's a really enthusiastic guy, very positive. Um, Um, where are you from? I'm not sure if you're asking me, Shimul, but I'm from the United States of America. I'm American, specifically from the state of Georgia. Uh-oh. This baby's waking up. Oh, no, we might have to go soon. Right? You gonna be quiet? Are you gonna be quiet down there? Hmm? You still look a little sleepy. You can sleep more if you want. Mm-hmm. Just keep sleeping. Yeah. Just have a nap. Gabrielle says, big hug and good energy from Brazil. Thanks a million for always helping us a lot. My life has changed since I got to know you. Many blessings. Gabrielle, thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Oh, no. This baby's moving. This baby's moving around. Um, uh, and I'm sorry I can't pronounce your name. I still can't pronounce your name. Z- mm. I'm just going to pronounce your, I think it's your last name, Trobolt. Are you going to host some Christian guests? I'd be happy to. Send me some suggestions on Twitter or Gab if you know someone uh, that you would suggest I speak to, that you think uh, you know could talk about the same sort of topics as natural law from the Christian perspective. You know, I did do, I did a show about Mere Christianity, the book by C.S. Lewis, talk, and it's his first chapter talking about natural law, which is very good. But yeah, I'm open to it. Open. I'm also interested in. Love to talk to a Sufi, specifically Islam, but especially Sufism. I feel uh, especially has uh, quite a strong connection to natural law and Dharma. Um, I don't know, Buddhist monk or something. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, and uh, totally, uh, Merrick. You're right. Sometimes we want to talk about something deep. Sometimes we don't feel like it. We want to see a comedy on TV, a popular show. I have a day like this today. I hope it's normal. It's totally normal. Me too. I watch comedies. I like. Uh, I have a my favorite comedian. Uh, is Norm McDonald. He's an American comedian. So sometimes I go on YouTube and I just search for Norm McDonald videos and just laugh because he's so funny. Funny to me. Uh, he, he's, I don't know, I don't know, other people from other countries, I'm not sure if you would think he's funny. His humor is a little strange. It's not quite, the, he's not a normal comedian really, but uh but anyway, I like him. He's, he's very smart and uh, funny. So yeah, of course, of course. Sometimes we just want to laugh, right? Sometimes it's, we want to think about deep topics. And sometimes we want to, oh, we need a little break and just laugh. And it's kind of a mental break. And that's kind of also why, you know, our next interview, I decided to do, just do about gardening, which is, you know, uh, not a super philosophical topic. It's just super practical. Um, yeah, because uh, we, we've this week with starting with Achayurji and uh, now these follow up, you know, we're really focusing on some big, deep, you know, very uh, deep philosophical ideas, which is wonderful. And sometimes you just need to take a little break, let that kind of let your mind just kind of think about it for a while while you think of something else and then come back to it again. So Achyurgy is going to come back, but maybe we'll, you know, we're going to move into some other topics. You know, the other thing is we have a heavy, deep book coming, Brave New World. Um, heavy, deep, and somewhat disturbing. <laughs> um, so we'll need, as we do Brave New World, we'll also need to do some light topics some fun light topics to kind of balance it we don't want to get too depressed reading brave new world okay rafikal yes i'm going to answer your question because i know of an excellent book let me search because i always get the title wrong tools for teaching jones I was right. Okay, Graphical, you are asking about your teacher. Can you recommend some books on classroom management for teachers? How to deal with the discipline, especially children, but also adults. I have a wonderful book on that topic. It is my, it is the best book I know on this topic. I use this book. I use the techniques in this book and it, it changed my life. It will make you much happier as a teacher. Your life as a teacher will be much less stressful when you master the techniques in this book. I'm going to share my screen and show you the book. I just did a Google search and here it, you get the top. You can see it's the name of the book is Tools for Teaching. Tools for Teaching. The writer, Fred Jones. Fred Jones. And you can see kind of in the red here, it says discipline, instruction, motivation. So how do you motivate students? How do you discipline them, right? You know, have rules so they're not going crazy and making everyone crazy. It's a very, 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 very good book. Really, I think all teachers, classroom teachers, school teachers, uh, 
I mean, really, any anyone, even public speakers. I use this in public speaking. His many of his ideas I'll use um, in public speaking also. So anyone dealing with a group of people. I recommend this book, Tools for Teaching. Also, parents, 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 parents. Oh, yeah, I forgot, parents. Parents, get this book. Get this book. So many parents now, they don't understand how to have rules, how to have good behavior from their children, right? We see, uh, I see, when I in, in America, I see two extremes. One, some parents, they have no rules, and their kids go crazy, rude, crazy, you know, brats is what we say in English. On the other side, you have a few parents who are... We call helicopter parents. They're control freaks and they're just on top of their kids every moment trying to control them at all times. It's the other extreme. But there is a better way in the middle and this book will teach you some great... I'm gonna, I, will, I will definitely use all his techniques with my own children. Uh, really, really good. Fred Jones, Tools for Teaching. I'm happy to promote that book. He has, he has some videos too, I think. Um, but get the book. Get the book. Now, Lexi with a nice story about his, his grandfather. My great-grandfather was a grandfather, was able to solve and count mathematics uh, tasks, problems in his 90s. It's amazing. I'd like to be like he, him and have this good working brain because even now, I am doubting my thinking in my 20s. <laughs> Do you know some techniques from your ancestors to maintain our brain in a good state? Well, I asked my grandmother, the, the one that's 100. She said activity, physical activity. She said, keep moving, stay active. Because I, you know, of course I was curious. So I asked her, I said, Grandma, you know, what's the secret? How, how have you, not only have you lived long, but how have you stayed, uh, you know, kind of in good shape? And she said, exercise. She, when she was, even now, she teaches an exercise class to other old people. <laughs> she teaches an exercise class. Uh, she, she's always done like square dancing and um, this kind of activities, even when she was in her 80s and 90s. Like, so never stop moving. Never stop the activity. Never stop exercising. Doesn't matter if you're 70 or 80 or 90. Keep using your body. You got to do it. That's her answer. That's what she said. Burfer, well, maybe when I get older, I'll try politics. We'll see. I live in Japan now, so I can't do politics at the moment. Ah, Antonio mentioning about Brendan. Brendan's good. The problem is he speaks so fast. He does speak quickly. You're right. Kind of like Tony Robbins also. Um... There are a lot of beginners who might not understand Brendan. Yeah, well, you know, we can try. Here's the thing. If we have, I was worried about Achayerji. Um, not really his speed. He speaks very clearly. Uh, he speaks with a clear accent. I was a little worried vocabulary. Some of his videos, he can use some very, you know, deep philosophical, you know, appropriate words, but um, advanced. He has a PhD. But in fact, you know, he was... Um, I think he knew our audience, so he was being nice to you guys. <laughs> and uh, But he, he spoke in a very, very clear way. I, I was happy most of you have had no problem understanding him, Mo you know, the main ideas. 
Uh, Brendan, it's more about speed. He does. He can speak quickly. Um, but you know, if 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 I have a guest, if they speak too quickly, or they their accents a little different, or their vocabulary is difficult, I can do follow up videos, just like today with. Chirurgy's interview. So I can do follow-up videos after and show a little part and explain what he's saying. So it's actually an opportunity for us to learn and for you to practice a little bit. So I think it's still fine. I'll try with Brendan. I don't know. I don't know if Brendan has time, but we'll see. Okay, I got a couple more than I'm going to... Oh, sleepy, huh? Take care of this baby. Okay. Sharo again. Sharo Hamid. Thanks a lot for answering. AJ, how do you arrange your day when you have too many things to do? How many hours do you sleep? <laughs> I sleep about, I don't know, seven to eight hours a night now, even with the baby, but we, uh, uh, because I work at home, uh, we I have a flexible schedule. So we do like, a, my wife and I do a shift. So like she's sleeping right now. I will stay up all night. So it's Japan. I'll stay up until 4.30 a.m. Uh, watching the baby. Soon watching two babies. Then I go to sleep. And then my wife will wake up and she watches the babies while I'm sleeping. And then in the daytime, both of us are awake and watching the babies. And then, as you know, sometimes, usually I try to do this show, do work when my wife's watching, uh, watching the baby. But like tonight, we got busy. She couldn't do it. She had to go to bed. But the baby ate a lot of food and she was sleeping. So I thought, I'll try it. I'll try to do the show while I watch the baby. I have to do this again Friday. I'm a little nervous about this. When I interview David the Good, uh, it's, it's a little late. My wife will be sleeping. So that means I'm watching the baby during the interview. So we'll hope she's quiet. <laughs> the, the, usually what helps if I feed her, if we give her plenty of food before. So I'll try to feed her just before the interview and change her diaper, get her ready. And then usually she'll kind of uh, get comfortable, go to sleep. And then we'll do the interview. So we'll see, you know, see if it works. All right, one more question, and then I'm going to go. Oh, this okay, so why, this is interesting. Alexi with an interesting comment. The most difficult man for me to understand is Eminem, the rapper, white rapper. I'm not his fan, but it's interesting to challenge yourself. Okay, yeah, and understand his speech. Okay, well, the reason why is he's using, a, I mean, quite honestly, he's using a fake way of speaking. Eminem is a white guy who's trying to sound like a black rapper. <laughs> okay, so he's like, yeah, yeah, yo, man, yeah, 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 and he's trying to speak like that. Some people call that ebonics, which is kind of the, uh, you know, uh, black American um, dialect you know um, it's he did not grow up speaking that way I'm sure uh, 
But so he's trying to pretend to be that way. It's he, it always sounds. Uh, I don't know his music really, but when I hear him speak, it always sounds kind of fake to me, uh, like he's he's acting. Um, but it's so, of course, it's very difficult because there's a huge amount of slang. The, uh, the, it's not so much the accent, but it's the rhythm is very weird. It's kind of, again, that kind of cool gangster rap guy he's pretending to be. Um, so it's not close at all to normal, average communication, conversation. Not even close, okay? It's a very specialized little strange way of speaking. Very strange. So, if you cannot understand Eminem, don't worry too much. He's using a huge amount of slang. It's not even common slang. It's slang that's very specific to rap and that whole world. Um, And so, you know. But yeah, if you want to just do it to try to understand it's a challenge, then why not? Why not? You can do that, you know? You, know, you could do the same with different weird different accents um, you know with you know some people with a southern accent find somebody with a strong southern accent you don't hear them a lot in the media American media hates southerners they really hate them because they're all from LA and New York um, so I'm trying to think of someone who has a real southern accent Matthew McConaughey kinda kinda not much anymore a little bit of a kind of a Texas accent, I think. Um, yeah, the real Southerners. Uh, Julia Roberts is Southerner. She's from Georgia, but she lost her accent, so she does not speak with an accent. I don't speak with a Southern accent. I'm from Georgia, but I don't have an accent. Um, anyway, you could look around, try to find some different accents. New York accent, you will hear that one because a lot of people who make movies and TV are from New York. Um some of those Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci type movies have a New York accent in them. Um, Martin Scorsese. Uh, yeah, so anyway, play around. British, Scottish, Australian. You can just challenge yourself with new accents sometimes. Um, I think that's it. All right, guys, I'm going to go now. I'm going to go before this baby wakes up. Uh, great talking to you. Hope I hope you enjoyed that Acharya interview and the vocab I did afterwards. Review. If you want to review those words we learned today, just watch this video again, especially the beginning before the questions. Watch that video again where I explain and ask questions and repeat the words. If you watch that section of this video uh, few more times you should learn those words uh, quite well all right and as always of course if you just want to speak english powerfully and fluently and effortlessly and confidently join my vip program commit don't quit i'll be back again tomorrow uh, lots of love to you and i'll see you next time bye for now <laughs>